Bird to your mother, it's time for another episode of Birds with Friends. Just a couple of feathery brethren weathering any season to see the Eagles eating teams like bacon, steaks, and cheese. It's Philadelphia, Bowen Sheila in the cut, kicking it cooler than two penguins till Bo's old arch nemesis. Greg Cosell shows up and it gets real. Pull up a branch and chill, it's time to get ill with some Birds with Friends. The early bird skips the worm and prefers getting turned like a turn on some Birds with Friends. Bo Wolf and coming at you with stats and things flapping their wings. Doug Pearson listens to Birds with Friends. Just think of how far they've come from a few weeks ago. The Eagles fans as juiced as they were? Shame on me. What a joke Bo Wolf is. Oh, oh Tom Brady, my, my widow hand really hood. Ladies, gentlemen, birds, welcome to the post-game, the super post-game Birds with friends from room 450 at 520 local time. This is Bo Wolf. To my left, Shil Kapadia, both of us with The Athletic in Philadelphia. And Shiel, the Eagles have won the Super Bowl. Also, Middlebury beat Wesleyan <laughs> twice this weekend. It's been a big week. To set the scene, first of all, we apologize. We know this is a little late for some of our East Coast listeners. We were writing some- It's early. Yeah, early. Some fantastic content up on The Athletic. Obviously, you'll be reading that on Monday. Bo, to set the scene here, I just walked up. I'm in my sweats. Thanks for tweeting that picture out. I had a bottled coffee in one hand. I had Aquafina in the other. I was carrying a laptop. I was hoping and praying that no one would run into me and wonder what the hell this <laughs> lunatic is doing right now and, in the beautiful Marriott. And no one did. Oh, okay. But I, I am a little bit fearful that a neighbor or someone, a room next to you, very thin walls here. That's a tough draw for them. I, I put that special thing on the door lock, you know, where even if they can open it, they can't really. Nice. So we're all set. The Eagles are Super Bowl champions, Bo Wolf. What a game. What a game. What an atmosphere. Yeah, how about it? And and what a moment for the city of Philadelphia, Shield. I mean, you know, 52 years of demons erased. Yeah. No longer, as you as you well stated, can anybody say, well, you know, zero Super Bowls. How many Super Bowls you got? Yeah. That's gone. That's done. The the demons of Donovan McNabb exercised everything, everything. It's over. What I mean, and it was, I mean, an unbelievable season that will, as the players said in the locker room, they will, they are legends forever. This, you know, it's who thought that when the athletic Philadelphia launched, Shield, yeah. we would be undefeated in terms of the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. I think we can smell ourselves. Take a whiff. Take a big old whiff, baby. Take Philadelphia, a big old whiff, Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Raise up that armpit in unison and dig on in there. You have months smell of away. smelling yourself. Oh my I mean, God. months of smelling yourself. The combine, free agency, OTAs, mini camps. Get up in there. And how about this one, which which I know has been pointed out before? The NFL draft in Dallas. Wow. How about that? In Dallas. The 32nd overall pick, your Super Bowl champion, Philadelphia Eagles, as Jerry Jones melts away. Well, I thought of a few things. I thought of a few things in the wee early morning hours here 
after this Super Bowl victory. You know, I thought of our wonderful Birds with Friends meetup. Yeah. Over the weekend, and we had, um, you know, a gentleman named Matt showed up with his mom. They took a flight from Baltimore to Chicago, drove from Chicago wow. to Minnesota. They said at In every the snow, stop. Too. The airport, the rental car counter, other Eagles fans, they just couldn't miss it. I thought of uh, our friend Jim, who who lives here locally now, who said his father is back in Pennsylvania, and they have a routine. They watch the game separately, and his dad calls like 25 times uh, during the course of the game whenever anything happens to discuss it. You know, I have a friend from college. His name's Jordan. We would watch the games in college, and his dad would do the same thing. Uh, you know, George, who showed up, originally a Philadelphia native, living out here, raising his kids. Stayed to, in for the long haul. Yeah, absolutely. You know, raising his kids to be Eagles fans. Mark showed up with his father, drove straight from the airport. Mark works in New York City. Dad flew in from Philadelphia, paying exorbitant amounts for hotel rooms. They couldn't miss it. And I just thought to, you know, growing up in the Philadelphia area and, and being at that final game at the Vet and being at that NFC title game against the Carolina Panthers and watching that game against the Arizona Cardinals and the, the pain and disappointment and heartache that this fan base has endured, getting close, feeling like it was their year, and it just never ending the way they wanted to, Bo. I remember that walking out of the vet and it was silence. And one guy just like slammed the wall or the door and was like, this is the most depressing city in America. It's no longer the case, Bo Wolf. It is a, it is a fan base that now can respond to any of their friends and family members and coworkers and say, you know what? You can't hang it over our head anymore that we haven't won a Super Bowl. And you can't say, well, when's the last time you did win a Super Bowl? Because you are the most recent champion. And for the first time for so many of our listeners and so many of our fans, the season ended with a happy ending. Unbelievable. In the most unlikely of circumstances, Bo. I mean, Doug Peterson and Nick Foles and going up against a juggernaut in Tom Brady and Bill Belichick in 505 yards. We had maybe a potential drop there. Oh, boy, just when I was getting yeah. going. All right, why Marriott Wi-Fi. Get it, get, get it together. Yeah, you're, you've got a potential grouse with, with this, the city of Minneapolis, right. but we'll get, get, get to that later. All right, so yeah. I'll no, tell you no, what yeah. I was thinking about. Yeah. You know, Tom McAllister wrote that, that beautiful Brilliant piece, piece earlier this week comparing the good and evil of, of the Patriots and the Eagles. But beyond that, also just talking about sort of the, you know, the inanity and the insipidness of, of being a sports fan and what a mm. silly endeavor that is. Yeah. And how, you know, what else are you going to do? You know, which is, and it was, it was, it was well stated. And I wrote that piece after the NFC championship game about what, you know, who were you thinking about when yeah. you found out you were going to the Super Bowl? And, you know, I was very struck by Fletcher Cox talking about his brother Shadrick, who, who passed away a few years ago. Rodney McLeod talking about his grandmother and, and other loved ones who he's lost. And after I put that piece out, I hope he doesn't, doesn't mind me saying this, but he tweeted it out. Chris McPherson, 
uh, you know, who I used to work with for the Eagles, who's worked with the Eagles since 2004, you know, bleeds with every game. Yeah. We tweeted about how, you know, he, he lost his father just uh, a few weeks ago. Hmm. And he can't help but think that, you know, his father is sort of helping pull the strings uh, along the way. And, you know, I think when you have this sort of, you know, that, that hole in your heart, uh, you sort of look for, for ways to, to connect. And, you know, we both, uh, we went, we went suits today. Yeah. Sheila, you and I, we yeah. went, we went wedding suits. Both of us. Yeah. And, I, I wasn't sure mine was going to fit to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of food court eating here. Uh, and I, you know, I, I went to put on my wedding suit and I reached in there and, and in there was the, it was also the suit I wore to my mom's funeral mm. just about eight months ago. Uh, now my mom grew up in Boston, diehard Red Sox fan. She was there when they beat the Yankees, uh, in the ALCS in 04. She was there for the world series in, in 2007. I think truth be told, she probably got a little bit less involved later in life as the Red Sox became the, the juggernauts. She liked being, being the underdog. Yeah. But like I said before, Boston, not really a football town. She was not a Patriots fan. And I think she called Bill Belichick a fraud more <laughs> sooner than, than I had ever heard anybody else do it. She was very anti-Belichick. I think it was probably, you know, the leaving his wife for another younger woman and uh, being a fraud and, you know, Brady is the same. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. So she hated the Patriots. And her, her dad grew up in Coatesville. And along with oh, her, know that. her aunt, uh, who she's named after, who she adored. So she really got a kick out of when I worked for the Eagles. So, you know, I think she would have really enjoyed this. So, you know, I, I reach in there and, and uh, the speech is in there from, from her eulogy. And, you know, that says more than anything else that I haven't gotten my suit dry cleaned recently, right? <laughs> like, that's, that's what that tells you. But... You know, you know, I think you're always looking for, for ways to, to stay connected to people uh, who you've lost. And, you know, I'm beyond that. I'm wearing, you know, I'm wearing socks that she gave me or something mm. like that. And so I am happiest for, for the people who have this moment to not only celebrate with, with friends and family, but to uh, connect with the people who got them into the Eagles all that time ago who are no longer with them and to be able to celebrate that moment and, and be connected in that way. That's, that's who I'm happiest for. Well said, beautifully said. And you mentioned Fletcher Cox, you know, he, he was asked about his brother after the game. And he said, uh, you know, you know, someone asked, what, what what do you think he would say to you right now? And, and he said, I think he'd say he's proud of me. So, you know, it, it just crosses from players to uh, coaches to, to fans to everyone. There's a lot of nonsense in sports. We totally acknowledge it. And then there are moments like this where, uh, you know, as you mentioned, whether it's people remembering those who would have enjoyed it with them or those who are enjoying it together now, uh, just moments they'll never forget, whether it's watching the game together, being at the game, uh, the parade coming up this week. Uh, you know, I'm sure there will be people just planning parties to rewatch this game in a week or a few weeks and months together and throwing parties like that. So uh, it can never be taken away. I mean, this is a, a game 
and a night that Eagles fans will be talking about for the rest of their lives through good times and bad. Uh, we'll get to some of the plays. We'll get to what the locker room was like. But uh, great day for Eagles fans, and, and thank you. I think now's a good time for us to say thank you for listening and yeah. and for reading. I mean, what a season, Bo. What a season. And and by the way, theathletic.com slash birds with friends. And I think there's actually another deal coming up. Yeah, that's up, been uh, usurped. That's Let been me look usurped. Up this one. There's a new deal that's going to get you 52% off if for some reason you don't subscribe. One day only, theathletic.com slash super eagles. Gets you 52% off. That's $2.40 a month. You know, I urge you to subscribe. But to be honest, if you haven't subscribed yeah, what yet, are we doing here? go to hell. <laughs> That's good. That's good. You know, I, my dad texted me. This, I guess this goes, goes back to my mom again a little bit. But, you know, eight months ago, Sheil, I was still living in New York. Mm. Casey was but a strawberry in my yeah. wife's stomach. Uh, and you know, I was working at, you know, a job that I didn't love and eight months later, here we are. Yeah. Sheila Kapadia came calling. Yeah. What a season it's been. What a ride. Thank you. First of all, yeah. for, uh, for reaching out. My dad texted me, Casey Wolf, 52 days old today. Wow. How about that? How about that? It all just Another came together. Moment. So I'm sure that, that, uh, I'm sure that. Lots of listeners out there have sort of their own little things. Yeah, that, right. That they saw these. Signs I love those. That, by the I way, I love those. Yeah. So you know, give us, give, send us your yeah. signs. Yeah. That you knew that this was going to be going to be a good day. Mine was when the hubris they showed after the Seth Wickersham yeah. article. You know. Well, and by the way, yeah, I got a feeling that you know, on the docket for Bill Belichick this week was. Study some possible trick plays in the red zone. Maybe dive a little deeper into some yeah. pass NFL plays. But he figured, eh, I'm going to go to this Timberwolves game yeah, instead. Yeah, right. Hey, could have could have been studying some film could there, have been. Bill. Could have been, or maybe come up with some type of defensive game. Or play. maybe yeah, decide to kind. maybe decide to you know not bench your best defensive back. How do you think Lions fans are feeling right now? How do you think How do you think Lions fans are feeling? I mean, what a fraud they got. <laughs> All right, let's get to some of this stuff before we start grousing. All right, so All right. I think we've covered the the enormity of the moment for Yeah, now. that was good. We can dip back into that as we go along. But should we talk about the game first or the post-game scene? Maybe do the game first? Let's do the game. The post-game scene is very fun. Let's save the it for post-game the game. scene. Okay. So the game. I got to say, I texted my family. The atmosphere in the beginning of that game, yeah. especially like those first couple drives, you've got, you know, the Eagles fans were heavier, but the, the Patriots fans were making their, you know, their noise heard. They were definitely outnumbered by the Eagles fans. Yeah. But the atmosphere of back and forth and the big the big roars early in the game was probably the coolest atmosphere uh, that I've had a chance to be a part of. So that was fantastic. Eagles drive down, get a field goal. They go back and forth. Some special teams errors, some some missed kicks on both sides, but I mean, the Doug Peterson once again was fantastic. But we've been wrong about a lot of things, Shield. Yeah, Legarrette Blunt, mm, big one. Lots of things. Yeah, but we haven't been wrong about anything the way we've been wrong about Nick Foles. Yeah, 
He was unbelievable. Yeah. He was in this game, in the Super Bowl, he was the best player on the field. I mean, and it's not just this game. I mean, this yeah. three-game stretch, Bo, completed 72.6% of his passes. Wow. Averaged 9.16 yards per attempt, threw six touchdowns and one interception for a passer rating of 115.7. This this quarterback that, you know, Chip Kelly sent along with the second-round pick to the Rams for Sammy Sleeves. By the way. There was one of my favorite things that I haven't even tweeted about yet. Maybe I'll put it in the, the Jeffrey Lurie story. He threw the biggest shade at Jeff Fisher. Foles did? <laughs> no, Lurie. Oh, Lurie. What he did goes. He, say? he goes. Well, Foles. You know, he went out to he went out to <laughs> Los Angeles, and nobody could have been successful in that environment. <laughs> he was smelling he said, himself. So you throw that out. Oh, Jeffrey taking a yeah. whiff. That a guy. You think he's a women's deodorant man? I doubt it. No, yeah, me I too. doubt it. You know, Foles gets traded. The story's been told. Contemplates retiring in Kansas City. Comes back to serve this backup role. And, you know, there it's an interesting sort of, I don't know if irony is the right word, but, you know, you had the great piece about Doug Peterson knowing his role and lasting 14 years as a quarterback because he knew his role as a backup. And Nick Foles came to Philadelphia in that, you know, a very similar situation. He said, you know, I like, I like Doug. I know the city, I know the organization and I know I'm a backup. And really, even as he's starting games there, you know, anytime someone tries to needle in there with a little question, he says, Mm -hmm. no, you know, this is Carson's team. Uh, Carson's the quarterback. I'm the backup. And I just got to say, this guy's confidence looked shattered five weeks ago. I mean, yeah. please, nobody play replay us our podcasts after those games. <laughs> I do. I do think we should do like in the off season a DVD commentary of the post game Rams pod. Okay. Like, listen to. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, that yeah, would be good. Yeah, yeah we'll do that. Uh, you know, I think inside the building they felt the same way. And then Doug Peterson, after the regular season, uh, I'll never forget him saying at that press conference that. Yeah, I've spent the past like 48 hours rewatching all of Foles' games, trying to find out what he's comfortable with, trying to find out what I can do as a coach to help this guy out before we make uh before we head into the playoffs. And, and Foles did the same thing. This is sort of a mental conditioning exercise. Exercise. Watch yourself doing positive things and maybe it'll trigger something. Maybe you'll remember what it took, and they just changed some things in the offense, whether it's the run-pass options, simplifying things with shifts and formations, uh, you know, screens, run, play action, all that. And Keep what talking. do you? I got. I'm freezing. Oh, okay. Gotta... Yeah. All right. <laughs> this this is a this is a birds with friends first. He just got up. He's going. He's putting on a sweatshirt. Okay. Uh, they build up his confidence. I mean, I didn't think. It was possible, to be quite honest, going into the postseason. He plays well against the Falcons, you know, not not anything like he has the last two games. And then, man, the biggest stage of this guy's life, he lights up the Minnesota Vikings, a very good defense in the NFC title game, and then he lights up the New England Patriots. A trash defense. On the biggest stage in football, um, the resilience of this, the resilience of this guy and the mental tough those those words get thrown around but when you just look at where he was 5 weeks ago 
and how he performed in these games. I mean, the Eagles scored, Bo, on 8 of 10 possessions today, including their final five possessions they put points on the board. And one of the two was an interception that went yes. off Sean Jeffrey's hands. So, like, really they scored on, or I mean, you know, Nine of ten probably would have been scoring drives. Yeah, and and, and it, sorry, and beyond like the unbelievable mental fortitude and and stuff like that. I mean, he was awesome. Yes, like he was making beautiful throws, yeah. great reads, stepping up in the pocket, moving around in the pocket, throwing on the run. I mean, we'll get to we'll get to you know some of the some of the plays themselves, but you know stepping in the staying in the pocket and accepting a hit when he's about to throw the ball. Yeah. That was great. And he even uh, had a great pair of hands. Great pair of hands. You know, the throw to Clement probably stands out to me. Yes. I mean, what unbelievable throw. I think the two that stand out to me are that and the fourth and one. Yeah. To Hurts. Hurts. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. That's the other one I was going to mention. We were ready to, you know, we, we were questioning Duck at that point. Let's be honest, right? They had a third and one. Right and yeah, a fourth we thought they and one, run it, yeah. and we thought you know if you're going to go for it on fourth, well I don't actually I see now. Now the time of morning is showing up, so I have no idea yeah. what we were thinking. All I remember is at some point there we thought they should have run we're the gonna, ball. We're going to lose a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, this is not going to be good yeah. the rest of the way. If you want to cut it off now, that's fine. Just unsubscribe and resubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> but he makes the big time throw to Zacherts. I mean that drive that they put together. Over seven minutes. I was looking at that because I thought in my head, I remembered there being a lot of good runs on that drive. There weren't. There were some runs mixed in, but that was Nick Foles. And you just thought at that point, can they really milk this clock and get out of this thing without leaving the Patriots too much time? They left them 221, but they did milk seven minutes off the clock. They end it with the, the touchdown to Zach Ertz, which, man, for the second week in a row, this guy leaves a Pro Bowl caliber safety on the ground, basically, with his route, Devin McCourty. Uh, just an unbelievable job by Ertz. Gets in the end zone. They review it. You know, Everyone's so confused with the catch yeah. rule that it looked like a, a blatant catch, but you just never know. Ends up holding up. And, yeah, can't say enough about Nick Foles. Cannot say enough about it. So let's, let's talk about some of the big plays in the first half, yeah. I guess. Um. Let's see what were what was there. Well, let's get to the big the play that well, will go yeah, down. Let's just do it in the in the the annals annals of Philadelphia Eagles folklore. Philly special. I mean the the gutsiest call in Philadelphia sports history. I think this was the ultimate taking a whiff play in NFL history. This, I mean the smelling yeah. yourself, the cojones. It's not about the calls, it's, it's about, about the, the fill it in uh, listeners. Philly yeah. special. Yeah. I mean, and it's fun, you know what's funny is unlike the flea flicker when guys were saying that they had just put it in that week, they've said that this one's been in for a long time. And I think they were expecting maybe to run it against the Vikings. And then they saved it. And I know Rich is going to have a, a nice yeah. in-depth piece on the, the play itself, which I look forward to reading. And I'm sure by the time you listen to this, we'll be up and you yeah. can read it yourself. But what an unbelievable call. I mean, we've seen it for a few weeks now, not to this extent. But 
you know, in the Falcons game, it was the the wing T to Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. In the NFC title game, it's the flea flicker. And I think, and I, I could be wrong, there were some conflicting reports of, you know, when it was installed. My understanding was it was installed before that Vikings game. They saw that the Bears had run it against the Vikings last year. And like you mentioned, Rich is going to go more in depth on this. Alshon Jeffrey said it didn't even start with the Vikings or with the Bears. It started with Clemson. Yeah. Mike Grow got it from Clemson, installed it with the Bears, and then brought it oh, to Philadelphia. Oh, it's a Mike play. Oh, he, he gave Mike Grow credit. Oh, yeah, it's a he tiny said it's a, play. He said it's a Mike Grow play. And he actually said Frank Reich did a great job calling it, which I thought was interesting because they've given Reich some credit on these yeah. uh, plays at you know the two-minute drill stuff. Yeah. I don't know if he calls the plays on two-minute or what's going on. Wow. I mean, Wright gave credit to Peterson, but Alshon Jeffrey said specifically Frank did a great wow. job of calling it there. So That's uh, interesting. Looking forward to getting some more information on that. But, yeah, you know, it's one of those where if it goes badly, we're on here saying yeah. probably, what the hell are you doing? You just installed the play. Players, not plays. Yeah. and and they, But that, that's been a theme with this team and this coaching staff is – they can add these wrinkles and get the players to execute. Maybe their biggest strength as a coaching staff, and once again, they do it. And stands in, in such lovely, delightful contrast yeah. to the dropped pass. By Widow Touchdown Tom, who's, whose hand just couldn't hold in the ball. <laughs> well, Tom got uh, butt slapped a couple times. One was after that play. Malcolm Jenkins went right up to him and gave him a little butt slap. Another one was I saw Derek Barnett late yeah. in the game. I mean, he this guy brings some juice. He had a nice hurry. He didn't even hit Brady. I think it led to an incompletion. And then he went up and gave him a little butt tap. And Fletcher Cox had to be like, dude, <laughs> get, get back to the line of scrimmage. So, uh, yeah, they were they were having some, some fun with Tom Brady. But uh, I know we'll get to the locker, scene, locker room scene later. But I've got to share this one. Corey Graham. At his locker after the game, he says, I don't even think he was talking to anyone in particular. He just re- was recalling the game. He was the first head. one dressed, by the way. Yeah, he was. Re- I think he was yeah. ready to go out. I think he, he went shower. Te- yeah, he was telling people, let's go. He just yelled, Nick Foles got better hands than Tom Brady. And then he let out this big cackle, and everyone around him was just like, Hooting and hollering. That's funny. And laughing. I mean, who would have thought? Hooting is a good yeah. word for this podcast. Nice job. Especially since Hootie performed before the he game. He sure did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, two quarterbacks get chances to yeah. make catches in this It's game. so funny. And it's so they both called flea flickers in their championship games. Yeah. Well, what are this? What do the football nerds say? Trickeration? A little trickeration. Yeah. It's weird that they called the same ideas. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. Uh, how about Alshon Jeffrey's catch wow. on the touchdown over Eric Rowe? Catches, I would say. Yeah, catches. I mean, he earned his money. He did. He was. I mean, that was unbelievable. He had a great postseason. He had a great postseason. He played. He he really stepped up his game. Three catches for seventy three yards. The the touchdown was fantastic, and then the other, I think, it was a fade from the slot. Yeah, that was a very difficult catch. That was a great catch. Just, just helping Nick Foles out. I mean, going up against Eric Rowe, Malcolm Butler gets benched. That That's apparently the big story. In what a weird thing, huh? Yeah, no one has a good answer for it. Yeah. And that's also, like Eric Rowe said, he didn't take those reps. Like, Malcolm Butler took the reps all week. 
It doesn't sound like it was a he sees rules it. violation yeah, or anything, that's right? What Belichick said. Well, I mean, what a what a smart coach. <laughs> What a real genius. <laughs> Overthinking it, it seems, but we'll see. Didn't pay off. But yeah, Jeffrey was great. Corey Clement, Bo, your boy. Oh, boy. He's taking a big, good thing he put on the athletic big sweatshirt. Old so. whiff. We Listen, we both got yeah. big whiffs of ourselves to take tonight. Yes. Yeah, we do. So I'm going to take I'm gonna take a big one here take for yours. my boy, Corey yeah. Clement. There you go. Okay. Hold on. Hold on. All right. Well, li- this is funny. Because again, I know I know you didn't watch the Bobo Super Tabot. Yeah. I'll but, watch it. But one of the one of the cards was Corey Clement, and it was funny to watch the way that the teammates described him. One of them was Swoldell Beckham, which I think I told you. Yeah, Swoldell Beckham. Because he's got the hair, right? He's got yeah. the hair, and he's jacked. Another one was, and this was said by multiple pairs of teammates. Dave Phipp mispronounces his name all the time. So I think that Dave Phipp and I mm. are kindred spirits in that sense. And the other one, which was, I don't remember if it was Najee Good to Danelle Ellerby or vice versa, but it was, we don't know how he went undrafted. Mm. And you look at the guy, I mean, yeah, he's lost a lot of weight, but he's, whew, who baby. I mean, what two, a monster. I mean, for two weeks, we... Four catches, 100 yards. Yeah. Two of the biggest plays in the game. Uh, yeah. I mean, and I'll say myself, mostly, was beating this drum about the Patriots running backs against the Eagles linebackers. Yeah. And they did the old switcheroo, Bo. It was Corey Clement burning those Patriots linebackers. I think I liked him a little more than you did. You liked him a little bit more than I did. There's no doubt about it. I thought... I mean, I just... This running back core you know i was very critical of them and they run the ball here for 164 yards that's not including his 100 yards as a receiver and now you have a guy who looks like a nice complimentary back at the least maybe i'm not i'm not gonna put a ceiling on him yeah Yeah, maybe he can be more but bo he had 123 receiving yards in the regular season he had 100 yards in this game that's fantastic i think i saw that coming yeah, they, I had the Eagles, by the way, for you – know, I was tracking their runs out of 11 personnel because we yeah. talked a lot about that, yes. how the Patriots struggled. I think I had them at 16 carries for 112 yards, which is seven yards a carry, which is even better than the six yards per carry. I mean, this offensive line dominated. Dominated. Like, Pat, I, I honestly cannot even remember – a play where Nick Foles was under significant pressure. I the mean, fourth had, and one is the only. Yeah, you had a little. Well, there were a couple ones where he stepped up and a couple where he rolled out, but I but mean, those were funny? like those were. Even, yeah, even those were like he had time before that. To a lot of teams, that's yeah. like a nothing. They yeah. don't even chart that as anything. It's like okay, you know, you're going to get a little bit of pressure like that throughout the course of a game. You know, I can't wait to watch the film. It seemed like Jason Kelsey was crushing dudes. Jason Kelsey, by the way. Very emotional after the game. Yeah. I, I tweeted the video out. It was pretty cool. He was just like, I thought that was great. Crying in between sentences, just thinking of his. I think that's funny that you just said it was great. He was crying. Like, I like emotion. I like emotion too. I like emotion out of other people. I don't like to have emotion myself, yeah. and I don't like to <laughs> others to like personally confront me with emotion. Okay. But when I, you know, when I'm kind of separated like that, yeah, yeah. no, I, I do like you it like in to, sports. I like, like it in sports. You like to go to the emotion zoo. 
I like to. I like the emotions a little bit more than you do. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So uh, he was, that was very nice. Although I was, I was furious that the NFL misquoted him. Yeah. I, yeah. I saw your tweet. I well, he said correctly. He said okay. like guys who. Because we're talking about people, you say yeah. who, not that. Okay. And then the NFL gave him a that. Okay. He was he was grammatically correct, and they got it wrong. Yeah. The league, come on. Yeah. He was talking Grouse. about. He was. <laughs> he was talking about a quote, which hopefully I I can get yeah, this quote Calvin out of Coolidge him. about resilience. Yeah, when he was eighteen, and no D one school wanted him. His his grandfather gave him this quote about resilience, and he said he was just in the shower like last week thinking about this and thinking about his grandfather and what laid ahead and just started crying. And, you know, he was just looking back on his journey from Cincinnati to a sixth round pick to the ups and downs of the different coaching staffs. You know, yeah, I mean, every coaching guy, staff has loved Jason Kelsey, you know, and another, but another guy who, you know, not quite to the extent of uh, a Nelson Aguilar, yeah. who I'm sure we'll talk about, but you know, he wasn't that good last year. Yeah, that's by, an understatement. He all, said he was terrible by all accounts. Worst yeah. year of his career. No, people thought he'd be he'd be traded or got. You know, Isaac Siamalu was the center of the oh, future. Man, and now just Kelsey. I mean, I would love to. I should put together a highlight clip of just his playoff blocks. I yeah. mean, unbelievable week in and week out. Again, the entire offensive line was fantastic. Lane Johnson was ecstatic, uh, and. I, I do feel like Lane Johnson understands Philadelphia. I know sometimes he's just a quote machine, but he was just like, you know what? It means more to this city than it would other teams who win championships. And whenever anyone asks me about Philadelphia fans, that's that's kind of what my go-to is. It's more important than it should be. It's more important than it is in other places, but that's just how it is. And that's why it's fun to be in our position, quite honestly, yeah. and write about a team in this market. Yeah. I think that's I think that's well said. Aguilar, a lot of key catches. Yeah, especially in the second half. Yes, it was fantastic. Hit the over for you. Nine catches you, for eighty-four yards. You that guaranteed hit. that one. That was a guarantee. I would have lost. I had the Brandon Cooks over. I would have lost on that. I would have hit the Deion Lewis under. And then I believe I didn't see how many blocks did Joel Embiid have the other night. Oh, I didn't that see. Up. I didn't see. I would have hit the Eagles over twenty-one. I mean, I hope someone listened to me, Bo. I hope so too. Yeah. The defense was getting. Yeah, gashed. I was wait until we You're get to wait? the defense okay. I, right. if, to see if there was anything else we wanted to talk about for the offense. I mean, I don't know what I mean. Everybody, it's like it everybody. was tough. Everybody played well. Everybody. Zach Ertz. On that drive was huge. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that drive, what was it, 12 plays, 70, no, 14 plays, 75 yards. 701 off the clock. 701 off the clock. Joel Embiid had one block. Oh, man. I mean, you would have cleaned up with my prop bets, I'm just saying. You would have. That drive was unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, go down in history. Like, I don't know which what's more impressive. I mean, that that drive is more impressive, I think, than the play call itself on the, the fourth and one. What do you or the 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 pass to Foles? Like, what's what's a more impressive job of coaching by Doug Peterson? Well, it's I think it's kind of like what you said that on the drive it was uh, Foles was just making some plays. You yeah, know? you're that, right. I mean, there were <clears> some that were schemed up nicely, and there were others where. We saw just like the Vikings game where it's not necessarily a great play call. Anything they saw, it's just, right. man, this this guy is stepping up to the plate. But because the defense was 
was, as yeah. you said, just getting gash. Yeah. That drive was so important to, yes. to reset the game. You know, it would have been would have been great if they could have made it like a nine minute drive, but yeah, it was it was fantastic. All right, so let's talk about the defense. The first half they were they were okay. I mean, it was bend but don't break. They were the, the Patriots yeah. were still moving the ball. I think they had over over five hundred yards of offense in the first half. Is that what it was? Or was just you over both teams combined? Yeah, maybe that's what it was. Yeah. I mean, they had over 300 yards yes. at least. Yes, yeah. Um, but they went... My leg is now goal, shaking, by the way. Field, oh, yeah. From I mean, the no sleep, and I'm pounding this coffee. Yeah, well, I, already, I already drank my right coffee. Right now, I feel like I could take on the world, but it's going to... If I ask some strange questions at the Dougie P. and Nick Foles presser, I, I apologize ahead of time to the organization <laughs> and to the city. <laughs> it's this All right. Yeah, I'm going straight to the airport. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Patriots feel, you know, they, they were not great in the red zone in that first, in that first half. They got away. They went to the running game a little bit. I mean, Eagles played almost exclusively big nickel and dime Mm. in this game. They were daring the Patriots to run the ball. And even though the Patriots ran for like five yards of carry, every time they ran the ball was a big win for the defense. Yeah. Um, so the Patriots struggled a little bit early, missed that field goal on the, on the botched hold, and then turned it over on downs on the. Tom Brady drop and then got a field goal and a touchdown at the end of the game. But then in the second half, after Brandon Cooks got knocked out, which was, you know, a fantastic play by Malcolm Jenkins just it laying the wood. It was a clean I play. Mean, a, it was a big hit. A, a yeah. clean play and and, you know, Malcolm Jenkins, how could you how could you love another man more than you love Malcolm Jenkins? Well, they had some very big hits. You know, Rodney McLeod had that big hit. Yeah. That was a big red down. zone stop. Yeah. I thought they were just more even as they were getting, I mean, don't get me wrong. It was not a good defensive performance, but just on both sides of the ball, they, they laid were so much more Brady. physical. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then, you know, the Patriots did anything they wanted in, in offensively in the, in the second half. Yeah. 75-yard touchdown drives, three consecutive ones. The first was all Gronk. But, yeah. I mean, there was no pass rush at all to be mm-hmm. seen in that second half. The secondary, you know, looked like they couldn't cover you. Well, it probably could have got me, but yeah. Well, looked like they okay. could you. Um, but I mean, all season long, no matter how bad they've been, when it gets down to it, you need a play, they make a play. And now it's time for you to get in there and take that whiff. Although I'm going to I'm gonna whiff myself too here. Okay, I think we both right. get a whiff. Okay. You know, I said Brandon Graham, player, is gonna, <laughs> who we're going to be talking about if they win you the game. You can't even give me my own whiff. I'm setting you up for it. I said we both said the Patriots were going to be driving, needing a touchdown to win, and there was going to be a sack force fumble. I said it was going to be Chris Long. He got the pressure on the outside, which allowed Brandon Graham (laughs) to come up the middle and make the greatest defensive play in Philadelphia Eagles history. I'm taking a second to the most significant. Which is exactly what you predicted, Sheil. That's so right. whiff that bad boy. Yeah. All right. I need someone to send me. I need someone, if they can, with their audio skills. I would like that little clip, you know, just when I said the Patriots would be driving with a chance to win the game. It's funny we both had the exact same scenario. Yeah. And Brandon Graham would get the sack fumble to end it, although technically it didn't right. really end it. If someone can send me that little Clip, I, I would like to tweet smell myself a little bit. Ooh, yeah, a tweet smell. I, yeah, That's maybe, like next level yeah, smell. Yeah, maybe I can retweet it with some kind of, is there like a sniffing emoji or something I can do? Well, maybe maybe what you can do, 
this is next level. Okay. You got to get somebody to play the audio over the video of the play itself. Oh. That's a smell. You will get a mention on this podcast. That is, that is a sniffy. Is that enough? A mention on this podcast? Is that worth anything to these people? I think so. Okay. All right. Speaking of which, I think we do have a Super Bowl sponsor. I was wondering. I was going to ask you about that. This was very competitive, if, if memory serves. Super Bowl sponsor. Our dear friend, DFOP, Jason Harris. Oh, yeah. Big big friend of the pod. Sponsoring the, the Eagles Super Bowl victory with a generous donation to where else but the Malcolm Jenkins wow, Foundation. On brand right Woo! there with the guy who had the, you know, address the team afterwards. Well, thank you for that donation, of course. Let's keep it going here. But, you know, the defense, I thought, the first half, there, you know, I have to go back and watch it there. It didn't, like, stick out right away. I mean, there were just guys running wide open. Yeah. It seemed like play action was a big issue. I don't know. It seemed like maybe they were a little too hyped up and biting on the fakes. And then in the second half, you know, it was clear that the Patriots were like, we're just going to feed Gronk. And Gronk gets matched up against Corey Graham and then Ronald Darby. By the way, I think Corey Graham must have played, like, 30 more snaps than Michael Kendricks. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And, you know, then they just, Rex Burkhead had the big play. You know, Chris Hogan beat Jalen Mills. So I think it was across the board. Like, I don't think it was one thing they were doing. They just didn't have a lot of answers. Chris Long mentioned that the Patriots did some smart things in protection, whether it was chipping or keeping guys in. I don't know if that was the case or not. I mean, that seems kind of overly simplified but maybe there was some of that at least and then Brandon Graham was playing with a little bit of a hammy injury there were definitely plays where I saw them just like double teaming Fletcher Cox like crazy yeah I think maybe like I think they had a good plan they definitely had a good plan to block the Eagles and then the Eagles didn't play as well I think you I might say that the one like aspect of the game that surprised me the most considering what I was expecting was the performance of the Patriots offensive line Against the Eagles defensive line, yes. no doubt about it. But I, I would say that's the, the biggest surprise of the game, absolutely. I mean, Patriots had three receivers go over 100 yards, three white guys, Gronk, Amendola, <laughs> and Hogan. Brady throws for 505 yards and goes home with his tail between his legs. You know what I didn't like? He does his he did his post-game press conference with the eye black still on, but he's dressed like – you can't Wait, have a, he was dressed? You, you can't have it both ways, Tom. He was dressed? Like out of his uniform? He was out of his uniform, but he still had the eye black on. Like, what is that nonsense? So you assume he showered. I assume. But he didn't wash his face. Like, what is that? Like, he wants to just show that he's a gamer? It's very like, strange. Like, it's very strange. That's, 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 that's very, yeah. like, worried about your perception, if you ask me. Oh. Let's let's take a second, oh, Shield, to All talk right. about... Okay. Good triumphing over evil. You know, we said that we we might find out if there was a God tonight. And in the words of the newest Eagles Hall of Famer, Hallelujah! We definitely just woke up. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Well, it's 6.04. They're probably waking up. Yeah, that's a wake-up call. That's a wake-up call. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, listen. I think I think faith in humanity is restored. Bill Belichick, that scoundrel, Tom Brady, 
that cheater, Matt Patricia, that fraud, all of them losers as the as the dynasty of deplorables comes crashing down. Never to be heard from again. Wait, are you forgetting somebody? Oh, Bobby Kraft? My guy was I was wait I thought you were building up to something. Bobby you are Kraft. tired. Yeah. yeah, Bobby Kraft. Yes, his his million dollar donation apparently didn't go through to Roger Goodell in this game, although they did have the penalty advantage, I think 6 to 1. One penalty they got called. One for. penalty. Yeah. One penalty. It's I mean, I do I will say like watching watching Gronk is is maddening because it does look like he's committing offensive pass interference on every play, but it's hard to it's hard to I guess call him for it. Yeah. Um yeah, I mean Bob Kraft can can take a big old whiff of uh, of Bofa. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking for something here. That's okay. Okay, yeah. There's this there's this clip circulating of Alshon Jeffrey not being lined up properly. Did you see this? No. I forget. I think it might have been on the uh, throw to Foles or something. Okay. It was getting like thousands of retweets. Yeah, of course it was. What a bunch of losers. Uh, I asked Coach Flynn about it. What a bunch of losers. He said NFL refs are – so basically, Alshon, when you're lined up, you you know, you check with the line yes. judge. He said NFL refs are classically lax with that stuff. Hardly ever call it. Bet the side judge told him he was on slash legal. And then after the game – I don't know what the source of this is. I apologize, but – Jeffrey said he got the okay from the official on the right sideline. You look over, you see if you're okay. Jeffrey yeah. said, I'm on the ball. I pointed, what are you talking about? <laughs> Man, you know I checked with the ref. <laughs> so, oh, my God. What I mean, a, of all what a the bunch things, of whiners. honestly. Like, what a bunch of whiners. <laughs> That's unbelievable. <laughs> like, I didn't see that. I'm glad yeah, I didn't no, there see was that. Yeah, no, there was like a diagram mad. with like arrows and stuff. Oh, my God. It was, God. I mean. That is pathetic. And I bet they're and I bet they're really, really whining about the Corey Clement touchdown pass. Huh? Like, yeah. oh, the ball moves. Like, I gotta say. You thought it was gonna be overturned. I thought it was gonna be overturned, yeah. but I'm I, I think they called in to Roger. I think on, on this in the Super Bowl they just go directly to Roger. And he you know, he didn't he didn't want this to be a game of what's a catch, what's not a catch. He didn't want that to be the storyline in the Super Bowl. <laughs> Especially since this week they had the whole they had a yeah they had a press conference about it where he said it has to get addressed. I mean, it, good thing it really didn't take them long to figure that out. But yeah, I think you're right because he's already admitting it's an issue, and then and then yeah. so in the Super Bowl to have it be a determining factor. What a what a freaking throw that was! Unbelievable! Yeah. Oh my wow. god! I was watching because I, I I rewatched the highlights a little bit, and I think live I was more impressed with the catch. That the throw was insane. Absolutely. Unbelievable. I'm hungry. Hungry for uh, uh, another Super Bowl? No, food. <laughs> just yeah. for food, yeah. There should be some breakfast options available to me after yeah. this is done. I got, right? I got a little bit of orange juice left over there if you want some juice. I have a leftover orange oh, juice in mine. Oh, actually, yeah. go to the fridge. Why? You've got one cupcake no, left. No, I, I, I can't do it right now. You've got a cupcake yeah. left. Thank you, though. Flappy birthday. Yeah. Appreciate it, but that would just be bad. What are and somebody we I didn't have a listener send me a good idea. This is this is the Lombardi trophy episode. Okay. 
I just it what an unbelievable delicious touch and I've said this before that Doug Peterson lifts the NFL Super Bowl trophy and it has the same name as the guy who called him the least qualified coach in NFL history this season. What a delightful, delightful twist. It'd be like if, you know, you won the Stanley Cup and some guy named Jim Oak Stanley said you were the worst coach in history. What a, what, you know, what a cool thing. Stanley Roper. Do you know Stanley Roper? I know Richard Roper. Stanley Roper is like Three's Company, right? That's before my time. Okay. Well, you know what was cool? Maybe should we transition now? Is there anything else with the game we need to talk about? Uh, there what was- do you think is, what do you think, like, f- 10 years from now, whatever, what is the play that holds Pass to Foles. You think so? It could be the, the Pass to Foles or the Graham Strip. I mean, they're both just yeah. going down in history. Yeah. Those are the two. Those I think, the like, two. there's a wide gap between those two and anything else. Yeah. I think that's probably right. I think the fourth, the fourth and one is not going to last that long. Yeah. But was, like, such an important play. And you know what? Part of the reason that they can that they have the confidence to con- convert in those plays is because they've been going for those plays all year long. Good point. That's in their DNA. Yeah. Right. There's no there's no like heightened anticipation for having to convert a fourth down, yeah. fourth and one. We do it all the time. Yeah, and on the throw two foals, Jason Kelsey and a few other players said that you know they weren't sure. They thought they were going to go for it. They weren't sure. They didn't know what play call. And then the play call came in and they were all just like Jacked loving up. it. Just juiced? Yeah. They were all excited. So you're right. Yeah. It, what a juiced game. It's uh, when you do it over and over again and you have the confidence and you st- they said that the message I asked a few players, what did Doug say Saturday night? Like what was his big theme? And everybody said, we're going to stay aggressive. We're not going to go into this game coaching scared. We're not going to change who we are. We're going to be the team that got us here and be aggressive. And, man, aggressive they were. 10 for 16 on third down. Two for two on fourth down. Yep. Yeah. Okay. I mean, now offensively, they did anything they wanted the entire game. Anything. Yeah. I like that phrasing, too, did anything they wanted. Yeah. It's almost as – I think maybe a little bit better than he can be had. Okay. That Patriots defense, whew. Could be had by anybody. Yeah, I mean, we were preaching that. We got that one right. We did get that one right. All right, let's talk about the locker room. Okay. First of all, I didn't. Even, we haven't talked about this. What were you doing before the locker room? You were just at the press conferences. How was that whole setup? Yeah, they didn't open the locker room up, so they had this other room where there were a bunch of podiums, and they would bring players in. So I, you know, got to see Zach talk to Zach Ertz and. Trey Burton, and that's where Jason Kelsey was, and uh, Lane Johnson. So I got <sighs> some questions into them. Nice yawn. You haven't coughed on air in a while. No, that was my first yawn. Yeah, maybe there. you can bring that back uh, later in the episode. So they were all in there. I didn't get to go to Doug Peterson's press conference. I popped my head in, and it was just like a madhouse in there. And then you sent the nice text that said the locker room's open. So I walked in, but you were there early. So set the scene from when, when you first walked in. So I first walk in, one of the first first media members in. Oh, and, smelling yourself there. Oh yeah, baby. Okay. Because I was I was I'm smelling myself because I was like upset that I was missing other stuff. I didn't okay. know if I was making the right move. So it turned out to be the right move. 
Uh, first thing I see is Stefan Wisniewski drinking some champagne as We Are the Champions plays. Okay. And then it quickly, you know, it went from uh, whoever had the We Are the Champions, they got they got their they got their one white guy song. Yeah. And then and then the the tenor changed completely. Oh, good. And the song Rings by Cap G okay. was playing on repeat for I think three or four consecutive plays. Mm. Uh which was a very appropriate song, obviously. It goes let me pull it up. Okay. Anyway. You know, everybody's, you know, it's it's cigars, it's spraying champagne, Fletcher Cox is doing the whole thing, Jason Peters is sitting there with a cigar in his mouth, everybody's loving up everybody, yeah. uh, and, and looking, well, the other thing that's interesting is every single person, basically, was like streaming a live video of themselves. Yes. Which was fun. Yeah, that was a theme throughout the locker room celebration. Everyone had their phones out. Hopefully they continue that for their after party. So it goes, I just want the rings. Okay. This is the hook. Okay. I'm not I'm not singing about it. Oh, I later. was hoping you would. I just want the rings. <laughs> I just want the rings. And then it goes, I just want the rings. I just want the rings. The rings. I just want 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 the rings. <laughs> so pretty appropriate. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay. And then there was, and then there was the dreams and nightmares, yeah. which was probably the highlight, I would say. And that's when know, I walked in. That's when you walked in. Everybody going crazy, and really, that was the, the streaming was going nuts. And then my favorite moment, which I didn't witness until I saw your video, yeah. was just as dreams and nightmares was ending. Jeffrey Lurie comes in and is about to get in on the action yeah. and does a little beginning of a dance, yeah. you know, his Jeffrey Lurie dance, and then the song cuts out. Which was just sad timing for him, and you had the gall to say, "Poor guy." Well, he, As, wa- he wanted to dance. Yeah, you know? but I mean, of all the people yeah, to say I, "poor guy" about on the night all, his team wins the Super Bowl, it's all relative, you know. He wanted to get in there. Yeah, so I, I was filming this. This was really cool because usually we get into the locker room, and there's this. It was very cool. Ten minute waiting period, and by the time we get in, everyone's showering and changing and the emotion has died down. This was obviously a very unique situation. I had never covered a Super Bowl before, obviously never covered a Super Bowl champion. And so I walk in and it's just like the videos you see posted usually (laughs) during the season on somebody's Snapchat or Instagram that gets circulated and retweeted like crazy and, and you get to see it. So, you know, we're just in there with our phones and everyone's going crazy and then I see uh, Doug, Howie, and Jeffrey shared a nice moment on what you would call the corner of the dance floor. Okay, they share nice. a little hug. Howie walks away. Doug walks away. Jeffrey sort of starts walking towards my vision. And I don't know who it was. Someone said, you should get in there. And he said, I, and he said something like, I just might. And so he starts approaching and, you know, Malcolm Jenkins welcomes him in. I think they have their arms around each other. They're dancing, and he got in like four seconds of dancing, and then the music cut out. Weak. Tough. Yeah, so that was tough. But then it was very cool to watch as Doug Peterson then addressed the team. 
and then they did their little prayer, and then Malcolm Jenkins addressed the team. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know, Doug Peterson's address was nice, and he gave the, you know, sometimes you guys get on me for having the dress code and and all this other stuff and and these other rules, but you know, it takes discipline to get to this moment right here. And it's funny because you don't really think of Doug Peterson as a disciplinarian, but you know, he said. We believed in ourselves, and, and that's what got us here. But I, I like the way that Malcolm Jenkins put it, just that um, – let me, let me say exactly okay. what he said here. I have because I have okay. the quote. He said – Well, Doug Peterson got up there, and then you know he was trying to wait for everybody to quiet down. And, uh, and Brandon Graham – this is in my day after piece here, the lead – just started yelling – Hey, what that say? What that say? Pointing to this backdrop behind Doug Peterson that basically said Eagles Super Bowl champions. And so then, you know, Doug pointed to it. Everyone started going crazy. And then Doug says, are we done? Which is what he says after every game. And they say, not yet. Yes. And this time everyone yelled yes. yes. And he said, yeah, yeah, we're done, baby. And everyone started going crazy. A couple of players were yelling, coach of the year. At him. Oh yeah. One vote one vote Doug Peterson while while your while your boy, pretty boy McVeigh, yeah. runs away. What a what a dumb thing to do that to do the coach of the year vote based on the regular season. I mean he outcoached McVeigh, Zimmer, and Belichick. Out not just like beat them, pantsed them. Out schemed them. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing he did was he did the, uh, you know, an individual can make a difference. Yeah, and then everybody one. went right. They knew it. Yeah. But a team makes a miracle. Yeah. And then they won. That's the, our motto at The Athletic as well, by the way. That's yeah. exactly right. The Malcolm Jenkins one was, um, we believed in each other every time something came. And we fought harder. We loved more. We grinded harder. This is it. And we had more fun doing it than anybody. Mm. Which I think is, I, I think, describes the arc of the Eagles season better than, than you or I could or, or anybody could. Yeah. And you got a sense of that as guys were walking around, right. You know, like I saw, you know, your boy, Chris Long just goes up to Isaac Sayamalu. And so he was like, I don't know what the initial sentence was, but then he just started yelling forever, forever. And they had this hug and he's like, I appreciate you, man. That's weird. <laughs> I, I think it was something about how like they're champs forever. Yeah, or, you yeah, know, yeah. They, they, yeah, like, like this is per- a permanent forever, thing. Yeah. They're together. You know, Tim Jernigan. He said, I heard Chris Long said to an anonymous uh, staffer that I'm coming back, MFR. That he's yeah. not, you know, he's not. Well, I know he's signed for next year, but okay. you, you know, you could say that he would maybe consider retiring. Okay. But he, had a good, he had a good moment with LeGarrette Blunt as well. A, yes, where he said, uh, I forget what he said. Were you there for that? He said package deal or something like that. Oh, yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, I saw Tim Jernigan, like, went out and saw Chance Warmack, which is just kind of a strange one that you wouldn't expect. And they hugged for, like, 10 seconds. And I asked Warmack after, and he said, you know, Jernigan was just thanking him for – Bringing him down to his level. Well. <laughs> <laughs> pushing pushing him during practices. Thank you for ruining a nice moment. Uh, pushing him during practices all season. You know, that's been a theme with this team. They've given credit to all the backups in the scout team all season long. Even me. Even me. Steven Means. By the way, yeah. can you name the Eagle who poured the Gatorade 
on Doug Peterson. No, I didn't, even, I didn't even see the Gatorade pour. Who was it? Camus? Surprisingly, it was not Camus. Oh. It was even me. Oh, my. That, that guy. Bro, he's got it. All over the place. Yeah, all over the place. I saw this, maybe my favorite moment was uh, Jason Peters was gathering the – Jason Peters had a cigar in his mouth the entire time I saw him. I think the photo of Jason Peters with the cigar in his mouth holding a Lombardi trophy on the way is the greatest picture I've ever taken. Yeah, that was a good one. I mean, I totally lucked into it, but yeah. Great one. Yeah, you know. You work hard for luck, right? Listen, luck. What's the what's the uh I don't what's know. the phrase? There's something weird. Like luck oh luck is the residue of design, is that what I'm talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I hope that's it. Uh, I hope that- I don't know. I, man. Don't, I don't it's, think that's it. It's six twenty. We haven't slept yet. What do you? <laughs> rest like, you I don't know. If like, that's it, I'm going to sound like an idiot. Maybe it doesn't uh, sound like it's why it. Why are they taking me Lucky Charms? I don't know. <laughs> so, so they have this bottle of Hennessy, and Jason Peters. Mm, I like this story. Gathers the offensive lineman around, and it's like, come on, we're doing a celebratory shot. They all go over there. They're pouring them into like the Gatorade cups that you see them drink on the sideline. They take, you know, Jason Peters gives a little toast. I couldn't hear exactly what he was saying, but he did say, I appreciate y'all. And then they were all like, you know, to JP, JP, you know, that kind of thing. And so he takes the shot. And I hear him say, damn, that's going to make me throw up. <laughs> so, Jason Peters. Listen, we've like all us. been there. Just yeah, like we've us. all been there. And so that I asked Chance War, I said, you know, did it, how did it go down for you? And he says, so smooth. So, you know, wow. some, some of them Interesting. liked well, it. Malcolm Jenkins had the bottle of uh, Johnny Walker. I think it was Johnny Walker Black. Okay. Not Johnny Walker Blue. Um, yeah, they moved They moved quickly from the champagne. Okay. And then uh, Nigel Bradham, you know, Nigel Bradham gave me a little pound. Yeah. I was like, congratulations. You know, I forget what I said. And he just goes, I'm going to get drunk. <laughs> Well, that yeah, that was a theme. Joe Douglas. Yeah, lots of people just saying. All of a sudden, by Joe Douglas wearing a a free Meek T-shirt. Yeah, how about it? About that. I don't think you'd see someone in the Patriots organization wearing that. No. I just hear so. I I know. I you'd see him wearing a uh, "Make America Great Again" hat. That's what you'd see. I just heard someone muttering, "Where them beers? Where them beers?" (laughs) And I turn around and it's Joe Douglas. Joe Douglas. I'm, I'm like 99% sure. Okay, okay. I, I apologize to Joe Douglas if it was not you. But I turned around and it was him, Fletcher Cox. You know, Doug Peterson at one point was like, I don't know where or what, but we're going to party. And Fletcher Cox yells, mm-hmm. hey, all bottles on Mr. Lurie tonight. And, yeah. you know, everyone really enjoyed that. So I think yeah. those were most you of my favorite was moments. Was, was John Dornboss. Which yes. is very nice. Yes, he was. Got to celebrate, and I heard him talking to to Joe Douglas and Andy Weidel for a while. Okay, and he he surmised that Joe Douglas had uh, had already this was his third Super Bowl. I guess he had two mm-hmm. with the Ravens, and and he was just furious. It's like you got three. Ah, f you. Oh, like, okay, yeah. all right. Um, Your boy Nate Gary. He just yelled like uh, Nigel Bradham's giving an interview, and he just yelled across the way. Hey, Nige, I guess, I don't know. They call him Nige. Hey, Nige, we're the best in the world. Just in case you were wondering, Elijah Qualls really liked that. Oh, he he liked that. Yeah, he followed up and it's like, I got like 7 billion people. We the best. And, yeah. you know, they're just yelling at Bradham. 
across the way. So I think, you know, Carson Wentz was limping around. Yeah, Carson Wentz, I think, sort of stayed away from the fray a little bit. I, I think, think he didn't I, want to steal any he attention. Wasn't, no, yeah. he wasn't trying to take anybody's shine. And I yeah. also think he, I think, you know, reading the body language was, obviously he's he's thrilled, but, yeah. you know. He 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 was letting it be some you know the other the other guy's celebration. He had he had some nice moments on the side with with Jason Kelsey and yeah. Nick Foles and some other people. But I think yeah you know he wants his own. But those guys deserve to be recognized. I mean, man, they wouldn't Absolutely. have had home field advantage or the number one seed. You know, when as we- Jason Peters said on media night, they they started the car. Yeah. Somebody sometimes someone's got to start the car, which doesn't really hold up as a yeah, start the car as a metaphor. Do you believe but, you in know, war? Like you, you can't just start the car and then someone else gets in and drives it. Yeah. That doesn't really make a lot of I sense. I think so I know the answer to this. I think I know the answer to this, but you don't believe in like warming up the car before you drive away, do you? Sometimes it's necessary. If I'm, I will do the warm up for the car if like Rachel and the baby are going to come into the car. Oh no, I'm not for the. Isn't isn't it something like it's better for the car and like oh, you mean the like engine? just you get in the car and then you go from there? Yeah, I saw you do that after one of a, a very cold Eagles game. You just got in that bad boy and you were out. Oh yeah, I mean, I don't know. Is that a thing, or can yeah. you just start it up and go? Does that do any? Is that bad for the car? I don't. I don't know the answer to that. I, okay. I'm not a good car. Guy. Yeah, I'm not a car guy. Okay, uh, I'm trying to think anything else. You know. Nick Foles and, and Nate Sudfeld walked out together out of the locker room towards the bus, and there were like some autograph seekers, and they had to sort of break into a jog. And I'm just thinking, like, that guy's a Super Bowl MVP. Unbel- you know, he's just dressed. I think he was dressed yeah. in like a T-shirt, and you know, let's talk about that like, that Jamoke oh reporter. My God, Get, no, do we? I don't even want to give him the. Well, we're not going to name so him or his yeah, or okay. his outlet, but right. there's this like Jamoke reporter. There are, were a lot of well, Jamoke yeah, reporters. Yeah, I mean, lots of, a lot of media, a lot of jabronis out tonight. But this guy was like hanging around at the end. And once again, credit to the athletic for for being the last one standing. Yeah. But when the people were, when the players were leaving the locker room, and he kept just like, it was like he was doing some kind of like TMZ nonsense. Like, I don't like Jeffrey Lurie's talking, and then he's like, he he comes in and he's like, um, hey Jeffrey, you probably have already been asked this, but wh- what was it like to have Bradley Cooper in the booth? What a loser! Go do something with your life. He's like asking guys about their shoes. I don't know. Yeah, I hope that guy. I hope his sight crashes. Okay, I thought you were going to go a lot further than yeah, that, no. so I'm glad you held up there. Um, what else from the locker room? I don't know. I think I covered all my little anecdotes, and I will say, you Who know. It is uh, it is seven thirty East Coast time, so we should wrap up soon, so people can listen to this on their. They'll listen when they get the chance. Wow. Okay. Grouse. <laughs> um, is there a grouse? I thought that okay. I thought you, I didn't think that Howie was like overly happy. Did you get that sense? Uh, yeah, I didn't see him do anything crazy like. Your boy John Schneider like took off his shirt and wore the championship belt when the Seahawks won it. He didn't. How was John Schneider my boy? Yeah, he didn't do anything like that. So I don't know. I mean, we we only get a little glimpses. You know, I wasn't like watching him the entire time. Yeah, I saw him give out some hugs. I'm sure wherever he is, he's he's thrilled. I mean, think of the journey for that guy. Unbelievable. I mean, he was banished. He didn't know if he would ever be a GM again. What would have been more likely? Which of these 
is more like more unlikely. Sorry. If I told you after Chip Kelly took power and Howie Roseman was moved to the other side of the building. Yeah. That three years later, he would architect a Super Bowl championship team. If I told you after last season that Nelson Aguilar Mm. would go from like cuttable bust to key player and like really trusted awesome receiver on the Super Bowl champion team. Jason Kelsey, I guess this that's not as unlikely. Yeah. Nick Foles mm. c- contemplates retirement, cut by the Rams, becomes Super Bowl MVP and is the best player in the Super Bowl, like deservedly su- Super Bowl MVP, not one of these, like yeah. just give it to the quarterback and was fantastic over the playoffs. I would have probably said the Foles thing was least likely, to I be think honest. So too. You know, I'm not going to lie so here and say – I thought he was something different. Uh, I did not think he had this kind of run in him, quite honestly. So I would say that number one, Howie number two. Yeah, I think that's right. And Aguilar number three. Aguilar, you could see the path, you know, different coach. But, yeah, I mean, again, look at at the game tonight. Blunt comes up huge. Jeffrey comes up huge. Foles, I mean, those guys were not on the team last year. Yeah. Seven and nine team. It just shows, uh, I mean, can you imagine, if you're a Packers fan right now and your team sits out free agency every year. Good point. I mean, what are you, you know, what are you thinking about that? Or if you're one of these, like if you're a Bengals fan and you're like, well, you know, just be patient. Like, Are there Bengals fans? I don't, yeah, I mean, (laughs) it doesn't, you know, this is a Joe Banner thing, but it doesn't need to take that long. Yes. Or, you know, you, you have aggressive moves you can make to not to this is obviously the best case scenario, but to at least be competitive and show signs that you're going in the right direction. And uh, patience can be overrated. Howie doesn't seem like a very patient person. I think that's accurate. And in this scenario, man, it worked out tremendously for him. This is not a part of the podcast that I think most Eagles fans are going to be super interested in, but we've got to give you a chance to get something off your chest. Oh, I thought about. you were going to say that most listeners are probably not listening anymore to. Oh, they're listening. Okay. Yeah. They're listening. By the way, if this pod does not rocket up the freaking rankings, I want like a top 10 on Monday. I mean, if we can't get a top 10 the Monday after the Eagles win the Super Bowl, then you're not the fan base I thought you were. You're not the audience I thought you were. Anything else? You're not the people you thought you were. You're not the people I thought you were. I mean, we got to 15, didn't we, right? After the NFC title game. After I, you know, really challenged these people. So just, you know, you know the formula. It takes three minutes out of your day. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, rate, review. I will be going straight from here to Doug Peterson and Nick Foles' press conference. Then I may sleep for like three hours. When I wake up from that three hours and get ready to catch my late afternoon flight, the first thing I'm going to do before I apply any women's deodorant is to check iTunes. And I better see us up there. All right. I don't know how quickly the algorithm will I don't care how yeah. quickly. Amen. Amen. Okay. What were you going to say? I want you to have an opportunity to talk about the uh, not ready for primetime oh city gosh. of Minneapolis. Now, I, I had a chance to go to dinner in Minneapolis last yeah. night. Had a good time. Seemed like a fun city. Yeah. I like the people of, of, of Minnesota beyond their their 
holding a grudge against Eagles fans yeah. stupidly. But I got to say, again, this is like – I know sports writers complaining about covering the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't know it's if like, this is the time. I don't time. even want to do this. Yeah, I don't know but if I should save this. There's there, there's a couple things. One was like if you, you find out that Minneapolis is awarded the Super Bowl, what's the one thing that you were like, oh, this is going to be tough? Like the one thing they should be prepared yeah. for is the weather. Yeah. Like making sure that people don't freeze to death. Yeah. And we almost froze to death before the game. Uh, we don't have to go into the full specifics, yeah, I mean, but that would like they should have prepared that. Very better. simply, could have ordered another tent. Yeah, it was nuts. And I don't imagine that probably wasn't just for media. I imagine some fans were in yeah bad situations. I don't know. Maybe. Worse than that, because that was you know we can get over it. Yeah. Worse than that was you know it, we come up from finally finishing mm. waiting outside the press or the the locker room yeah sit in our chairs to start beginning the process of writing it's 12 30 okay. and someone asks us hey how much longer are you guys going to be here how much longer are we going to be here it's 6 30 in the in the morning and we're still working what do you mean how much longer are we going to be here we had to come back to room 450 i said you asked the wrong guy sister she asked the wrong guys that question. Quite she honestly. did. I mean, yeah, she did, and I she mean, was and she was baffled when I said like <laughs> you, at least three yeah, hours. Yeah, you didn't sugarcoat it. No. Yeah, at least three hours. Yeah, and then you know, we hit, normally we would be doing this from the WIP radio booth, but you know they had to get us out of there. They're not used to those with a, a strong work ethic and um, you know meeting yeah, the demands. Bankers hours up here in the Midwest. Yeah, Super Bowl fan base. That's right. Well, you know, I don't want to get into the complaints, but if I'm going to, yeah. you know, they had these little box lunches. Mm. I had a ham on my table, Bo. Do I eat ham? You sure don't. Have you're, not we, a, you're no meat eater. Have we talked about, you know, discrimination against vegetarians? Not only that, like the full spread was... Well, let me say this. Do you know what I noticed later? I looked to the little table in front of me, you know, the NFL Network bigwigs. You know what I saw? Veggie sandwich? A caprice. Oh. No one could have got me a caprice. Now I'm sitting here, 6.30 in the morning, starving, just down to coffee. You had to eat it. You had My to legs eat are it. shaking. You had to eat a cheese sandwich. Yeah. All right. That's enough sports writer complaining. We understand. First world problems, not a big deal. Tonight was a career highlight. Great to cover it. But, you know, we have to get it out where we can. So Anything else? Let's talk about the candidates for the grouse. Okay. You've got the city of Minneapolis. <laughs> I actually, you know, you know what? I would say it's more the Super Bowl planning. I agree. I don't want to take it out on the city. I think the city of I Minneapolis totally agree. is fine. And like the way that things were run during the week was was actually very well done. Yeah. It's actually just the stadium. Yes. So the stadium. Okay. You've got Bill Belichick, mm. who. You know, you hear all this stuff about the Patriots mystique and the greatest coach of all time. It was not even as good as Bill Parcells, and he just got pants by Doug Peterson. <laughs> by the way, when that Cardi B song oh, yes. came on, and it's Bill, Bella, you know, yep. the entire team yeah. like yelled that out. They loved singing that line, yes. those lines. And I also detected, I gotta say, I know he's been very gracious in the media about his former team but i detected a little bit of uh 
F those guys from Chris Long. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say LeGarrette Blunt. Mm. No, I think we I think we read between the lines on LeGarrette Blunt. Was that on uh, your piece earlier this week? What, LeGarrette Blunt? You were I, Rich. I think, I think you we were Rich. Good... Uh, maybe Rich did, yeah. Uh, maybe we talked I don't about remember podcast. exactly Everything what it was. Yeah, there was a quote that seemed pretty obvious. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We've got Bill Belichick, who who shows up and you know benches his best defensive back, maybe or you know second best defensive back, the guy who played the most snaps for them in the season, tries to surprise Doug Peterson or whatever the reason for it is, and yeah. you know the greatest defensive mind, and and boy did they get donkey whomped. And also, you know, like he sucks. <laughs> you got Matt Patricia. Mm. Who I think everybody now realizes sucks, so that sort of disqualifies him from the grouse. You don't think so? That don't pen- he's getting a head coaching job. That, that pencil wearing loser. By the way, how would you feel if you were like one of these teams that didn't that wasn't just patient and hired one of the Eagles coaches? I know we talked about Di Filippo smelling himself, but I mean the quarterbacks coach gets some credit for Nick Foles putting together this run, doesn't he? He sure does. I mean, him or, number one fan. him or Pat Shermer. I mean, come on. Well, yeah, tough. I mean, yeah, how would joke. you like? I love to, to just listen to a Giants fans like internal monologue right now would be so good. <laughs> All right. Sorry, I interrupted you. Anyone no, else? No, it's okay. Well, you've got Tom Brady. Oh, boy. Tom Brady, who, you know what? I think the moment was just a little bit too big for him. <laughs> Shield threw for 500 yards. He threw for 500 yards in the middle of the game. He wasn't there when it mattered most. <laughs> he had no pocket presence. The game's on the line. He's all he's got to do is. I mean, he's got plenty of time. They've been moving the ball all all, all half. All he's got to do, yeah, is very easily move the ball down the field. I mean, they every Eagles fan thought they were. I mean, I said to you, like maybe they'll let him score. Quickly, so that yeah, that you, you said that's their best chance. <laughs> yeah, Eagles get the ball back and can score again. Yeah, I mean, he's going, he's a hot knife through butter. All and then the game's on the line. Oh. Where's the ball security? Touchdown, Tom. Loser. <laughs> he's lost three Super Bowls. Nick Foles never lost a Super Bowl. People got mad at me because well, some people got mad. Some people liked it. I, I wrote in the breakdown. He was a, he's a, a top fifteen quarterback. Brady. Yeah. Yeah. They're not listeners to the. I mean, podcast. that's true. Yeah. No matter where. I mean, that's true. Yeah. So you know, I guess maybe maybe he's going to blame the hand. He's going to blame something. There's and I think you know the divorce is coming with 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 Billy B. <laughs> No, not that. Oh. With oh, Belichick. I, with I, Belichick. I, Come on, I don't make it personal. Okay. Yeah. I don't make it personal. Oh, yeah. I stay to the field. I Although I did be- notice that Bridget Moynihan said Nick Foles is playing great. I saw that tweet, which is, that's a fire tweet. No, did she really? Yes. Really? Yes. Wow. That's a fire tweet. That's pretty good. So I think it's pretty pretty obvious that that Tom Brady is probably the leading candidate for the yeah, grouse. Yeah, I think your Bra- I think your Brady stuff there was the strongest. Because people, you know, because the you know the grouse is about taking somebody down a peg who is too high. But the truth is, Sheil. Oh. When the Eagles win the Super Bowl, hmm. there's no grouse. Oh. 
What's the what's the complaint about? There's no grouse. Well, we just spent five minutes on sports writer complaints, so yeah. Okay. No grouse. No Super Bowl grouse. No grouse. Tom Brady sucks, <laughs> but he's not even worthy of the grouse. No grouse. Okay. No grouse. I like that. We had a you know he had a grouse discussion, but no formal naming of a grouse. I think that's good. Yeah. Okay. Do you think we'll both just fall asleep as this and then let the pod continue running? No, I'm going to go. I'm a little worried about whatever dropped in the middle of uh, in the beginning of the episode. I hope it turns out okay. Well, that was just a short amount of time, right? I think so. Well, I hope so too. No, I'm going to go take a shower. I have the very arduous task of packing my bag. My wife is not here with me. Yeah, this is going to be tough. You're just going to th- you just throw it all in there, Chuck right? it in, chuck it in, get that all ready, and then I got to go meet the uh... – now, how does this work with, like, Peterson and Foles? They're going to have to do press conferences? Like, like Peterson's going to be drunk. Right? That's what I was going to say. Like, he should he should be drunk at that. Yeah. So this could be good. That could be funny. There could be some fire as a coach. Oh, man, what if he, like, just slams Lombardi? What if he just slams me? <laughs> That'd be funny, like physically slamming like out, suplexes. What, what if he outs himself as a Birch with Friends listener? Oh. oh. Well, listen. When did the season – when did Doug Peterson's yeah. season turn around? Mm. When we got on him after the Showed Seahawks up. game for not getting in that armpit and taking a whiff, yep. and what did he do the rest of the season? He smelled himself he good sm- and plenty. Yeah. I mean. You should ask him – this is what you should ask him. What kind of deodorant do you wear, Doug? <laughs> I was going to ask him, when did you start smelling yourself? I think you should ask him what kind of deodorant he wears. By the way, since the Athletic Philadelphia and Birds with Friends have launched, the Eagles have never not won a Super Bowl. Correct. Just saying. Maybe worth throwing your subscription dollars to. It's like two forty dollars a month. Yeah. Cheapos. (laughs) Oh. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Bunch of cheapos. Cheapskates. Yeah. Stealing toiletries from the hotels. Was that? Uh, I don't know. What else do you do? A little, as a little Templar? Oh, little Templar. Are you got a little Templar on yeah, us? Maybe. What else do the cheapos do? Oh, well, the worst, though, this is this is the ultimate cheapo. Like, this is, well, always. Okay. All right. What do you got? Gr- like, group meal. Oh. I didn't have any fries. Yeah, like screw you. Oh, it's like oh well, uh, actually, like you got you got yeah. the salmon, which was more expensive. Yeah. So like I'm gonna give it unbelievable. Split it down the middle. Throw like, your card every, in you, and shut up, you. What loser. is this? Like, God. oh my god! Don't even go out with your friends if you're gonna act like yes, that. Yes, exactly. And listen, this is coming from someone who generally is having the less expensive meal. Yeah, that's true. But listen, it's a few dollars. It's not going to make or break you. Is like, if is, you is have that the means, worth the awkwardness? Yeah, if you have the means to go out for the dinner, then just do the splitty. I can't believe Templar did that when we invited him to, yeah. to a meal to you know extend the olive branch. I, and then I remember I got the first round of beers. He goes, I'll get the next one. He yeah. was out. He was gone. Yeah, was I out. got the next round and then he was yeah. out. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll get the next one. Pathetic. Pathetic, that loser. I would like to keep this going, but I don't know if I have it in me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> what else is there to say? 
41-33, one of the greatest games in NFL history, in Super Bowl history. And after 52 years, the Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. And it all started with Shiel Kapadia. Oh. What do you know? Thank you. Yeah. So, thank you to our sponsor, Jason Harris. Mm. Thank you to all of our listeners, especially those of you who were with us from episode one, mm-hmm. when we probably trashed LeGarrette Blunt. Yeah, don't listen to previous episodes. I mean, listen to some previous okay. episodes. Yeah. Listen to like the Monday one from Superb Owl Week. When Shield tells everybody to go to hell, that's don't, a good part. Don't listen to the Rams post game pod. I'm excited to re-listen to that. We should do. We'll we'll do an episode of what we got wrong the most this year. How about that? Yeah, that's a good one. Well, we've got a lot of off season talk. Well, this week we're gonna have to do another pod, right? Maybe like after the parade or something. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So, thank you to everybody who's who listens, and most importantly, congratulations to you. Enjoy it. Soak it up. You've got months and months. You've really got the rest of your lives to smell yourself, baby. And so one last time this regular this season mm-hmm. as the Eagles host the severed head of Mike Lombardi, we tell you <laughs> one last time from Sheil, I am Bo, and we love you.